continuing our series on great expectations, and we're going to read from Acts 6. So we'll be reading about a man named Stephen. And Stephen was used by God to speak to many people. Uh, Stephen didn't wait around for someone else to do it. He didn't ask God to send an angel. But God used him. And sometimes when we want God to do something or we want God to speak, we think that God might send somebody else. God might use an angel. God might do certain things. But God has us, and he sends us to do things for him. And that's what Stephen did. Stephen was used by God. So the first thing that we see with Stephen is the Holy Spirit makes following Jesus possible. So do you remember why the people chose Stephen to be leader in the early church? It's because he was full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Acts 6.5 says the proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8 says he was full of grace and the Spirit's power. Acts 6.8 says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. This tells us Stephen wasn't just a good, noble man. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He believed in Jesus. Uh, he wasn't a man that just, like, did the right thing, but he was a man that had relationship with him, enabled him to walk the path of Jesus. And as we look at the kind of man Stephen was, again, he wasn't a man that just colored in the lines, but he was a man that loved Jesus, and because he loved Jesus, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was able to be used by God. Sometimes we can come to church, and we can be amongst sermons, and we can hear things that go on. We can come to small groups, but we don't have a relationship with Jesus. Because his relationship with Jesus was strong, he was a man filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was able to do wonderful things. So we see here that he sacrifices, the first thing, his social support to follow Jesus. When he heard the gospel, believed, and began to tell others about Christ, he lost his Jewish community. He lost the entire support system. As a Jew, he probably depended on these peoples for social and economic reasons. The synagogue of the freedmen was made up of Jews who had been taken into captivity and slavery. Likely in Rome, managed to get free and then came back to Jerusalem. The problem spoke, they probably spoke Greek like Stephen. The first cost him his social status. I had a friend, and uh, he was Amish. So he left the Amish to become kind of like us. So and when he did that, he left his whole family behind. So he, he believed a certain way. He didn't believe that he had to live like they lived. So he left that, and he bought a car, and he shaved his beard, and he did all the things, you know, and he started doing things just like we do. And his family disowned him. He used to send me to the farmer's market to buy food from his mom because he loved his mom's cooking so much, and he wanted to eat her food. And it was really sad. So when he left that, and he believed like we did, or he came into to how we live, like he left his whole family behind. Stephen was doing kind of the same. And today, like as I speak to you, I don't know what the cost is in that. I've never been through that. Uh, maybe you have. Maybe you've been born, you were born into a family that was Jewish, Muslim, Buddhist, part of another religion community with strong ties to your family. And it might be incredibly costly for you to follow Jesus. You could lose your whole family. You could lose your whole community. Maybe they wouldn't understand. 
maybe you're thinking about believing in Jesus, but you're afraid for your family. That's why we need to experience grace. Stephen experienced the grace of Jesus, and it transformed him. He was forgiven, and you can be too. Where we lose our family, Jesus will give us another community. He will give us a church family that loves you. God's grace can give you the courage you need to pay the social cost, but it costs even more. It costs putting everything aside and following Jesus. And like I said, God can give you something greater than the life that you had experienced before. The next thing is he experiences great injustice as he follows Jesus. We think sometimes when we become a Christian, you know, that everything goes smoothly and everybody would treat us right, but we see here that Stephen did not experience that. Stephen experienced unjust as he was wrongly and unfairly accused. Acts 6, 11 through 14 says that they, secret, they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witness who testified, this fellow never stopped speaking against the holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the custom Moses handed down to us. So what are all the injustices that Stephen experiences. One, in verse 11, we see Stephen is falsely accused of blasphemy, denying the one true God. Second thing we see in verse 12, Stephen is wrongly dragged before the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of Jerusalem. We see in 13, it says Stephen is wrongly accused by false witness. And then in 13 and 14, Stephen is wrongly accused of wanting to destroy the temple in Moses' law. Can you imagine how easy it would have been to feel angry over the unfairness or situation. That happened to me, and I was dragged before a court of something that I didn't do. I would want justice. I would be mad. And if I got treated unfairly, I would be upset. And Stephen is about to be treated not just unfairly, but cruelly. He'll be stoned to death without a fair trial. I think Stephen's story can emphasize with us some of the unjust sufferings others uh, go through in their situation. We live in a world where people don't treat each other right. Uh, when I was younger, I went to a church. I was a teenager, and there was a lady that started coming there. This lady had a reputation around town. She wasn't a good lady. This lady was also very poor. And she started coming to church, and I remember one day hearing some of the other church people that had been going there a long time when she was not around talking about her. I remember them saying, yeah, she really thinks that she's something. And I remember at 15, I didn't understand everything about Jesus, but I knew that that was wrong. I knew that because her social status was different and because maybe she didn't have the money that some of them had, maybe that she'd done bad things in the past that they weren't going to treat her right, they were not going to treat her good at all. In fact, some of them didn't want her in the church. And that's very unjust. Uh, she shouldn't have been treated like that. She should have been welcomed into the church. She should have been asked if she needed help. But sometimes the world isn't like that. Stephen experienced this. Stephen, lastly, also gives up everything but Jesus. Have you ever heard of the phrase WWJD? What would Jesus do? Remember when I was growing up or when I was a teenager, like that was a big thing. People had bracelets. I think I had a keychain. People had stickers, t-shirts, anything you can say that would it would just mean, what would Jesus do? Like, in this situation, 
what would he do? And, uh, you know, if I was to speed to church, would I ask myself, like, is that what Jesus would do? Should I eat another cookie? Is that what Jesus should do? Uh, should I ask that girl to prom? Is that what Jesus to, would do? Uh, and sometimes it was kind of a silly question, but well, Stephen literally did what Jesus did. In Matthew 26, 59, it says, Jesus was dragged before the Sanhedrin for an unfair trial, and so was Stephen. In Matthew 26, 60, it says, Jesus was accused by false witness, and so was Stephen. In Matthew 26, 61, it says, Jesus was falsely accused of wanting to destroy the temple, and so was Stephen. In Matthew 26, 65, Jesus was charged with blasphemy, and so was Stephen. Stephen really did what Jesus did. Look at how closely Stephen imitates Jesus. In Acts 7, 59, and 60, we see where he is stoned, and it says, While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen commits his spirit to the Lord and asks the Lord not to hold their sins against them, just like Jesus did when he died for us. Luke 23, 34 to 46 says this, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last breath, just like Stephen imitated, just like what Jesus did. What would we do? What would we really do? Would we do what Jesus did? I know in something like this, when unfairness happens and we're not treated right, we want justice, we want that person to get what's coming to them, we want our opinion to be heard, but you see in both these situations that there was forgiveness even to death. Like they said, hey, Father, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And when someone does that something to us, it's hard sometimes for us to forgive them. But again, like I said, Stephen was able to accomplish all this because he was a man that was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was not just a man that did the right things. He was not just a noble man. He was a godly man. He loved Jesus. He had a relationship with Jesus. He had a relationship with God. And because that, he could do the things that he did. And in your life, that's my prayer for you, that we're not just good people, that we don't just show up to church sometimes, but we actually have a relationship with this guy named Jesus that loves you. And through that, he can help you do wonderful and great things, just like Stephen did. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day, and we thank you for all the opportunities that you give us to go and make disciples and to reach people. Father, I pray as we do that, that our focus is on you, that an outpouring would come from you, and Father, that people would see that in us, that they would see that we're different than this world. Father, we love you, we thank you, and it's in your name we pray, amen.